Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Brad, what were your rules again about um, the mock draft that I, I represented Detroit on? Like, who did I have to walk away with with that pick? Byfield, Stutzla, Raymond, Rossi, or you had to retire. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who was picked second overall. I will say third was Lucas Raymond. And I took Stutzla fourth, Byfield went second. I don't know why. I was just trying to mess with you there. Yeah, I you live told, another day. Yeah, you told me that like a week ago. Did this I was, actually? This, this wasn't news to me. Damn it. <laughs> oh well that was i was uh i was very ready for raymond like i was very very ready for raymond i had a whole like page of notes up and then they took raymond and i went well i didn't really think Stutzel would fall this far and then i had to start talking out my ass i like i'm not completely obviously i know about Stutzel, but i was really expecting raymond and you know what i felt as i was picking Stutzel? man i wish i could have drafted raymond which is like I personally have Stutzel ahead of Raymond. I do. But you just get married to the pick, which is something that we're guilty of every year. Ah, we've come full circle. We're there. Yeah, we're definitely there. We can at least say this time it's a month later than usual, even if it is two months ahead of the draft. And we're still uh, three months away from any semblance of Red Wings taking the ice. Four months away from... Hockey at, at minimum at best, because basically every minor hockey association, semi-pro shit show and major junior hockey league in Canada has announced uh, they're aiming for a December 1st start date. So gotta think the NHL will be on that trajectory as well for next season. But guys, the NHL told us we got to be excited right now. They told us. They said, you know, we're not, you know, you don't get the first overall pick, but you've got all this time to be excited. About what? Yes, exactly. That, well, that, they just said be excited. Just Brad, be excited. So. Doesn't matter about what. Don't you know be what? a downer, Brad. Do you know what there is to be excited about in 2020? Nothing. It ending? We beat Murder Hornets. Did we, though? Yeah, that storyline definitely just kind of fell away. There's no real resolution. That one's going to come back in the third act. That's because everybody who's encountered the murder hordes is now dead and cannot tell the story. Hence the name Murder. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I have the flu. Oh, the flu, huh? Oh. Evan? Oh, yes, I'm Evan. <laughs> You weren't here last episode, so I'm thinking any new listeners from last episode or people who kind of forgot you existed might want to know. Evan's now our uh, AV guru because without you here, I was not able to handle all of the the audio and video recording on my own and corrupted the file. Hey, it happens, man. It's all You're indispensable. Good. It's your yeah, nightmare. You are now indispensable as podcast. Yes, for job security. You At never least one of my jobs here. has it now. Eh, well. I, it's like when I go to a, a cottage, everyone's like, don't forget to get your boating license. I will. I refuse. Have you never looked into how long it takes to write that? And I think it's gotten worse since I wrote it. So originally you used to just be able to go to boating shows and just write it there in half an hour. It was super easy. They don't expire. Best time ever. I did mine on the internet in 2002 and it took me like 15 minutes. Yeah. So now it's like five hours to do it and they time gate it so you can't just fly through the material and just write the test and hope for the best it's brutal i want to when i'm anywhere with a boat i want to be drinking and and so i immediately have a drink and so i can never be responsible for the boat ryan don't you want to get on the sea do no i'll be on the back i don't care the sea do is fun but Seems they, like it. I, I feel like we've had this conversation before. We yeah, have. Probably. Boat is an acronym? <laughs> What's, oh, yeah, yeah. Bring on acronym. another thousand? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's uh, my friends who have boats and sea uh, They are constantly under repair. Like, it's just absurd. We need more than like a full-time producer. You know what we need is like a virtual whiteboard that's visible to all three of us at the same time. Where we have a map of conversations we've had in our personal lives with each other and conversations we've had on the podcast with each other. 
I could set something up behind me. We would just need to set get the whiteboard. <laughs> Who's gonna man it? Like as we as things come up. I got a wireless I, headphone, so headphones, so I can make it work. Oh, all right. Uh, on this episode of the Wind Wheel Podcast, we'll be, of course, talking about uh, the chaotic first round to absolutely nobody's surprise. Uh, some updates on some Red Wings, uh, possible half give me something solution proposed by the seven GMs of non-playoff teams uh, before getting to our prospect profile and overtime. So, uh, believe it or not, five-game series, extremely chaotic. A lot of luck, a lot of unpredictability. Who could have guessed? One team's already dead, and another one might be tonight. Kudos. Okay, so Carolina absolutely proved everyone who doubted the wrong, them wrong. I think I even had them losing in five games, and they did not miss a step. Holy hell, were they firing on all cylinders? And did they did did they show up when they needed to? They made New York look like an eleventh uh, seed, and they were missing two of their top three defensemen. Which is incredible. Good luck, rest of the Eastern Conference. Sebastian Ajo and uh, Andrei Svechnikov are so good, it absolutely hurts. It, they, like, they were so good as I was watching them. I was like, they can't go into this lottery. Because if they now get Lafreniere, like, that's kind of sick. Like, that won't be okay for the rest of the teams in the East. Um, half yeah. the teams in the lottery are going to be sick if they get that Lafreniere. Right now, we're one loss away from Edmonton and Pittsburgh being in it. The Rangers are in it, and their forwards are already scary enough. Toronto, Columbus, I don't know where that's at right now, but that series is tied as of recording this. So, Jesus, this is going to be terrible. So, as of recording, Toronto and Columbus are playing at the moment, and it's 2 nothing Toronto. So, good for the lottery, then. Look, I'm not going to do a renewed rant. Everyone's heard my feelings about the lottery. Um, I will like come out with more anger and stuff if a like some pre-anger based on how many like teams that don't deserve it are in there, and then depending on the result. But let's let's put this out there right now: teams that are good in my mind for the lottery. I want Columbus to lose just so Toronto's not in it. I don't care between Winnipeg and Calgary. I don't care between Nashville and Arizona. Pittsburgh and Montreal, look, I've joked a lot about Montreal and I've joked a lot about, you know, not wanting them to have the satisfaction of Lafreniere and I've wanted, I've joked a lot about, you know, uh, it'd be funny considering the Zadina Kotkaniemi thing to have them not get Lafreniere, but I don't know about Pittsburgh, man. I don't know about Pittsburgh winning it. I don't know how I feel about it. To have two of the greatest players of all time and then getting Lafreniere as their careers are on, like on their last third in their final act no my reason for hating pittsburgh is well frankly i'm too sick to care i'm gonna just shit all over his city right now this is a team that went from mario to yager to crosby and and now potentially to lafreniere and the one small window in that 30 year stretch where they didn't have any of them they almost moved this city doesn't deserve more hockey happiness they have swung above their hockey fandom this entire damn time and i know i'm not standing on my horse i know 80 percent of nhl teams are like this when they're bad they don't sell out detroit's doing the same damn thing right now but the rest of the cities don't come to the point where the owner the new potential owners actually selling tickets in a new city pittsburgh tanked the worst tank of all time their way into mary lemieux lucked their way into yarmer yager bullshit locked their way into Sidney Crosby. If they get Lafreniere because of this, I think I might actually have a stroke. Yeah, I've boiled it down to, surprise, surprise, a very Red Wings biased who I would want to win the lottery, and that is anyone other than Toronto, Pittsburgh, or Chicago. And if you're sitting there thinking, but Ryan, that means Edmonton winning yet another first overall pick and then filling out the greatest player on the planet in Connor McDavid and one of the best players on the planet, Leon Dreisaitl, with a possible generational winger or like at least a, a superstar winger in Alexi Lafreniere, I say yes. Because one, fun hockey. Two, Western Conference. And three, it would create so much league-wide outrage, I would bet all of my money that the NHL finally changes this dumbass system. 
No, they that won't. would push them over. I think that would push them over the edge. No chance, because you know what they're gonna say. Ah, twenty twenty was weird. It was a pandemic. Never gonna happen again. One off. Weird. They they have. Here's the problem with this. They have every excuse in the book because it never will happen again. They would, in all likelihood, I would hope society learns a goddamn lesson. But in all likelihood, it won't happen again. So we won't have this stupid one-off garbage system that they put on top of their original garbage system. It's, it doesn't matter. Do you know what? Like, I just can't wrap my head around this because we knew. I can't even be mad about the result of these play-in series. We knew it would be chaotic. We knew every team's coming in cold. We know the NHL truly is getting closer to a league of parity. So a 12 seed beating a five seed isn't unheard of. Like, it's very well in the realm of possibility. And the fact that both 12 seeds are winning 2-1 right now is just a testament to that. It's it's that they tainted it. The stupid draft lottery looming over this ruins all of it. Because as much as Montreal is beating Pittsburgh, they're up to it. Do you know how much I should be enjoying this? Watching the Penguins and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin fall flat on their damn face. And I can't, I can't enjoy this. Even if it is only 12 and a half percent, it doesn't matter. I hate this. I hate it so much. I mean, I'm still rooting them for her to lose because their fan base would melt down. It'd be the, the brief window would be amazing, but, and well, let's be honest. If we're looking at purely Detroit selfish reasons, it's better Montreal wins because then at least he's out of division, but what? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Lafreniere going to Pittsburgh is like, <laughs> better for Detroit than him going to Montreal. Yeah, it is. It, it that's, 100% is. That's the silver lining there because we, we should want Montreal to win. We should want Florida to win. We should want Toronto to win because then he stays out of division. We don't have to see him eight times a year. But Oh, yeah. my God. Could you imagine? Complete, completely unrelated story. I forgot to tell you guys this, and this is for the listeners too. Uh, for those of you who watch on YouTube, we apologize um, I saw a comment and it's like, what's with all the ads guys? Not cool. And I was like, all the ads. I was like, we haven't changed our ad settings at all. Well, I looked into it and YouTube decided that they were automatically going to start placing mid roll ads. And they're like, we're going to place them automatically unless you opted out. And I was like, well, we weren't opted in. I'm like, well, why'd you automatically opt us in? And they're like, we're going to place them naturally in your video. I swear to God, there were 30 ad breaks in our last video. Oh. I scrolled down and it was 30. There was the first one was a minute in. I was like, what is that? So in theory, we should be rich. <laughs> I think a lot of people stopped watching. <laughs> it was horrendous. Anyways, we fixed it. Um, and I'll be double checking, triple checking every time now. So apologies for that, guys. You will not have 30 mid-roll ad breaks. Um I don't think we'll ever have 30 mineral ad breaks. That's that's worse than actual TV. Um, anyhow, yeah, the playoffs or the qualifying round. So Pittsburgh and Montreal, that's actually been like the, the prototypical series that we were talking about when we were coming into this. We said a team that has no business beating another team gets a couple strokes of luck and all of a sudden they're up two games to one, which is essentially what happens, what's happening right now with the Habs over the Penguins. Um, both of their games that they won are one, or one goal games. The first one was in overtime. It's uh, it's not exactly been Montreal dominance, but it doesn't matter. If you get the result, you get the result. Carolina was just pure dominance over New York. Carolina looks good. They look really good. Oh, they look unbelievably good. Is that uh, Carolina Island- correct? Yeah. Yeah, Jacob Slavin is... No joke. Uh, no joke. I don't know if he's underrated, just not talked about enough. But however much we're talk- people are talking about him, he deserves a lot more credit. He is fan- a fantastic player. He's he's two years away from being the new Alex Barkov, where he was so underrated for so long that eventually he's going to be overrated. Yeah, I think everybody will talk him into like being the best defenseman in the league, even though hey, he's not far off, but he's not there. Well, he's yet another defenseman, right? That like for the last three years has been discussed as a possible trade piece for a lot of teams. How close he ever actually came is one story or another. I miss those rumors. Well, yeah, and then you look at like I and I'm not just trying to shit on Toronto fans, but like uh, he was a target for a lot of Toronto fans in their mocks, and a lot of people said, "Oh, I wouldn't give up that much for Slavin." 
And it's like, did we not learn our lesson with Hedman? Like when you have a defenseman with this much potential and who's performed this well at such a young age, stop capping them so low. Stop putting their ceilings so close to where they're at at age 22. They're defensemen. They're going to get way better and they're going to keep getting better. So yeah, good on Slavin and good on Carolina. Uh, Toronto's now winning three, nothing against Columbus in game three. Yay. And shit. I don't, I hate this. Uh, Edmonton and Chicago, it's actually been discovered by the NHL upon visiting the hotel rooms that they didn't bring any defense or goaltenders to the bubble. So <laughs> those games have been fun. I mean, in terms of production, depending on what you want to see. I mean, Connor McDavid's a freak. He, he maintains like he still is a freak, but that he's whole a, series. He's the fastest kid alive. He actually is. Um, I have a seven goal game, nine goal game, and ten goal game. The lowest scoring game has been a seven goal game between the two of them. And Connor McDavid's had what eight goals in that stretch, or like a hundred, so and insane. and and he's the reason they're losing, according to one moron in Colorado. Uh, yeah, and and they had the late collapse last game where I think Tave scored with a couple minutes left. So can I it's... can I defend Edmonton? Just a little bit on that one, though, because, yeah, it looks really bad when you give up two late goals. But how many point shots are taken in a game? A dozen, two dozen? How many of them go in? Sometimes one. Chicago had two going in the last five minutes. That's a little fluky. One of them went off an Edmonton player. The other one was a nice tip by a Hawks. But like that, you take those two shots over again a hundred times, you're not scoring on both of them any of those times like no. it, it it's a bit fluky and that's the beauty of a five game series right and i use beauty completely ironically here because whether you like this chaos or not it's happening like a fluky two minutes of play means that chicago now is the odds on favorite to defeat Connor mcdavid leon Dreisaitl, and the edmonton oilers to move on chicago who is so far out of the play-ins or who is so far out of the playoffs before this they were they were talking more about the lottery than anything else well, well, remember how when this whole thing started and the whole proposal of this and the we were we were calling it a farce, like this whole thing was farcical and and people are like, well, it's fair. I'm like, no, Montreal had a, a zero point something chance. They're they had a less than one percent chance of making the playoffs, and now it's what seventy five at worst. Same thing with Chicago; they were outside the thought of playoffs and they're going to be going to the second round again entertainment value here for it love it but man is this is this hard to justify especially with the over looming arch that the nhl somehow managed to shit on themselves after they shit on themselves of now we might give Connor mcdavid alexi lafreniere to play with and again and it's fun hockey it is just sequester all the best players on one team so it's better for detroit in the long run as well i maintain that it's it's fun but in reality, this is going to absolutely tilt the landscape of the NHL if Edmonton or Pittsburgh don't come back here. Because if both of them are out, that means there's a 25% chance that Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid is adding Alexi Lafreniere to their line next year. Six and a half chance, percent chance better than Detroit had. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Nashville, Arizona, Darcy Kemper continues Yo, real to be good. great. Yeah, really awesome. I think he's the biggest reason why Arizona is up 2-1 in that series. Those are two teams where I'm like, I don't care who gets through. I'd be happy if either of them moves on or either of them wins Alexi Lafreniere. Vancouver, Minnesota. Minnesota is no slouch. I mean, they lost earlier today 3-0, but before that, they only lost 4-3 and they won their first game by three goals. So, Well, they're down and they're one game away from elimination now. They're one game away from elimination, but that's been a a surprisingly uh, entertaining series. Uh, And then Calgary, Winnipeg, which is where uh, Calgary is up two games to one. Winnipeg has had a rough time. Oh, man. Okay. So what happens when you take a team with uh, the likely Vesna winner, incredibly horrid defense, and then take out arguably their two best forwards? This is what you get. They are lucky to have the one. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad. Also, uh, it's worth noting that like injuries and people who came back before um, these qualifying this qualifying round started was so hard to track. Like I was, everything I read was that Crawford wasn't going to play, and all of a sudden, a couple of days before, they're like, "Oh no, he's in." I was like, "Oh, 
Okay. He's playing on the ice. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But Dougie Hamilton stayed out, right? For the whole series? I believe so. So there's just three games. Anyhow, um, well, all three of us picked the Rangers over Carolina, so. Yep. Well, whoopsies. We we said this was going to be chaos, so whatever we pick, pick the opposite. So far, it's holding up. I think I had Winnipeg over Calgary, too, and that could be, that dream could be dead tonight. What didn't, let's just check in on our predictions right now. So we all had the Rangers. Uh, Me and Evan had the Islanders, and you had Florida, Brad. Still got hope. Not much. All three of us had Vancouver. All three of us had Edmonton. All three of us had Pittsburgh. Uh, myself and Brad had Arizona. Evan had Nashville. Oh, all three of us had good. All three of us had Winnipeg. I had Toronto, and you two had Columbus. God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Quote of the day, title of the episode. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a hypothetical, and this is something that I, I um, said on Twitter, and it actually turned quite a bit of discussion. And not that I think I'm like necessarily guaranteed right, but I want to get your take on it. So I got a question from, and I, I want to find who asked this because it, they deserve the shout out. It was from Ryan Walker on Twitter. He says, would you rather watch Detroit continue to go with this rebuild uh, as per Eisenman and Verbeek's plan? Or would you rather have what Toronto has now as basically their cap maxed final product? I it's mean, a- it would be nice to watch uh, Matthews and Marner every night. <laughs> And who's to say Toronto's not going to win a Stanley Cup with that team? Yeah, I think I'm taking Toronto here. The, they could still get some ELCs later down the road. Yeah, and they have their problems. Don't get me wrong. Like They still need to find a defense. They have the ammo, though, to fix whatever problem they want. They have a goalie. They have their top two centers. They have some of the best wingers in hockey. They can easily move one of them to a team that's offensive starved and grab a defenseman. They could draft defensemen. Um, I mean, a good coach like Barry Trotz, hypothetically, can get the most out of a bad defense. I don't know. I, I think Toronto has everything there to win a cup. They just have to fit all the right shapes through the right slots. Yeah, and that's what I said as well. Like, teams who go through rebuilds would be lucky to have, would be extremely lucky to have two stars at the level that Toronto has, which is Marner, Matthews, Nylander, uh, Tavares, and then not to mention their, like, really good offensive depth. Even if, like, like, even if you just get Matthews, like, Matthews will likely go down as the best goal scorer of his generation, otherwise, like, one of the best, right? Like, of all things continue as currently they currently are, like, he is a special goal-scoring talent. And that's not – you don't get that in every rebuild. You get that in virtually no rebuilds. Um, and to walk away with that and then still add a 100-point playmaker and, and Mitch Marner and then you get Tavares, I don't know. Like, I get it. That team has been mired in controversy and they've they've missed, they've snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory multiple times. Like they just can't seem to put it together. But removing all the curse of, of Toronto away from it, like that team on paper is one hell of a team to come out of a rebuild with. And then you add Steve Eisman to the mix. And like Brad said, you, you make a couple moves, you have the ammunition to make those moves. Like, uh, and I was having a conversation. I understand it's not like it. Like it's, I agree that it's not easy to trade for a defenseman, but you don't necessarily need to trade for like Carolina or Nashville's blue line. No, you need one or two good enough pieces to push you over the edge. Will your defense be pretty when you win the cup when you're that stacked offensively? No, of course not. Neither was Pittsburgh's when they won in 2016. Like, so and and here's the thing too: we have to compare this directly to the Red Wings rebuild because we're three years deep in this rebuild right now. Whether Fans want to admit it or not. The rebuild started when they missed the playoffs. In those three years, they've had three first, uh, three top 10 picks and a, an extra first round pick. Is any one of those players looking likely to be better than any one of Toronto's top four players? I would bet no. So, of course, I'm going to trade with Toronto. Are you kidding me? Like, but what, what's what is Philip Zadina's best? best best case scenario right now he's a slightly better William Nylander 
which is great. That is tremendous value for six overall. So don't make this sound like I'm dumping on Zadina. I think Zadina could be great. And I think he likely will be as good uh, as William Nylander. But what's his best case scenario? He's not Tavares. He's not Marner. He's not Matthews. In terms of value to the team, he's probably not Morgan Riley. Uh, no, uh, you're crazy if you don't make that trade. Because because what would it take for Detroit to get the equivalent of Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Riley, Anderson? You, you're talking about another four to six years of rebuilding of top 10 pick. Is any one of us comfortable sitting here and saying, yeah, let's ride this bitch out for five more years of being in the basement? I'm not. That is four more fantastic drafts. And yeah, and that's hitting a home run in every one of those drafts. That's a scary thing. The Leafs missed on some. Remember when they picked Luke Shen in the top 10 and the Leafs did not make the playoffs from what was it? 2004 to 2017 yeah i'm not ready for that kind of a friggin' slump yeah for anyone like who's not who doesn't agree which is like again i i think there's a definitely an argument to be made i don't think this is black and white but toronto didn't do this like in three years they did this with the better part of two decades in my mind of just not being good enough and that's how they built up these pieces it was a lot of sure a lot of luck but also just slogging through the shit and if you give me an opportunity to say, yeah, let's skip through the part where we don't slog through the shit. Sure, it's not the world's most perfect rebuild, but I'll, I'll take it. 100%, I'll take it. I, I get it. It's not an attractive thing to say, no, forget our own process. Let's take our mortal enemies team. But it's a hypothetical. So just remember that it doesn't matter. Yeah, and you can even narrow it down. What was it? Uh, the Leafs made the playoffs in that shortened season 2013. I forgot about that one. If you look at the rebuild from then on, you still make the trade. Because Nylander, Matthews, Marner, all that, they all came after that. Yeah. Would Matthews, I would I have would I have signed Tavares if I was the Leafs in that position? No, probably not. Not for that money, especially with the hole on defense. But hey, you have him now. He's an asset. Use him. Like, well, think of how much we like talk about Lafreniere and how good he is and how special the talent he is. I still think, like, projected, obviously not making any guarantees here. I don't think he's projected to be better than Matthews. No, he's not. I think uh, like right now, we're talking McDavid, obviously, Matthews, obviously, and then Lafreniere's not best case, but Lafreniere is looking to slot in third of that group, which is still like one of the best players on the planet if he pans out and he doesn't flop or like middle out. Um, but the Toronto hit a lot of, a lot of good strokes there. And again, not always intentionally, and it wasn't pretty while they did it. They've had, they're still paying the price of previous mistakes, which is, you know, look at their defense. They had to pay a first to get rid of Marlowe. They paid Leo Komarov that much money. Like, it's not it's not to say that they've had a perfect process. Anyhow, I just want to run that hypothetical by you guys. Um, okay, anything else about the play-in before we move on? I know um, next episode will be closer and have a better idea of who's in the, uh, the lottery. Well, yeah, because the... The next phase of the draft lottery is in like four days. It's Monday. Mo- Monday, right? You guys want yeah. to live stream that? It'll be the world's saddest live stream. No, I'm not watching it. I'm not giving the NHL my view on that. Like, I know how petty and insignificant that is, but like, I just out of principle, I'm going to. They came up with a, a garbage system in all likelihood because they knew this event would attract eyes and it will, but I'm not going to be one of them. I'll get my update on Twitter. All right, cool. We're going to live stream Brad and we'll, Evan and I will tell you what happens. Sounds uh, great. Um, okay, moving on. Watching. Toronto is up 3-1 over the Jackets, by the way. Oh, cue the comeback. Okay, moving on. Some Red Wings news. Cider has been officially loaned to the DEL, um, which is a gimme. Obviously, that's a, a good choice because he won't be playing meaningful hockey up until november at best so it's good to get him some reps in over there hopefully that doesn't get um, interrupted as long as there aren't any spikes in that part of europe so cider going back to the to germany to play pro hockey just makes sense a similar thing was mentioned about zadina and valeno playing on zadina's dad's team in the czech league that has been on pause apparently there's a pretty big outbreak in the czech republic right now where things are spiking again so haven't heard any movement or confirmation of that it's just mostly been rumors so We'll sit tight on that. Um, Heronic is in the Czech Republic right now, right? 
Or I don't know. I have not been following personal lives very closely. There's a good chance I think he could end up over there as well. But again, I don't think I've seen any confirmation. And the only other, Evan was leaning in for a drink and I thought he was about to say something super intently. Also, the reason I keep looking down at my phone is because my friend who doesn't live far from me just texted me. He said, are you guys, uh, did, you, did your power go out? I was like, no. He goes, oh, well, you're on the outage map. I was like, oh, well, might happen soon. Well, yep. If uh, if the podcast dies, we know why. And fair warning, if your power goes out, that's just the end of the episode. I'm going to bed. <laughs> then Evan, too, you have then. to pick up your speed. No, 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 no. I need to retain one of you. Come on. Evan, you're the recording. Yeah. So I have more power than Brad. Shit. I'm leaving. Yeah, Shit. well, based on what's going on in my stomach right now, I might not make it to the end of the episode anyway, so you guys might not get a choice. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, and there was a proposal from uh, the seven GMs of non-playoff teams. Essentially, the, one of the quotes from the article, I think Craig Custins posted it, it was, um, we just want what the other 24 teams got, which I laughed a lot at. I was like, oh, yeah, you won't get that. You already lost that. When they got disproportional chances at both the lottery and making the playoffs. So, yeah, you're not you're not getting anything. If you want to fight for something, that was you know, a few months ago, pal. Not now. But here we are. So, they their plan that they landed on was initially they talked about a September, like, mini tournament. And players were like, no. Why? Why? Why would they do all that work to go into a bubble to play just to leave and then to start back up in November? Like that doesn't quite make sense. And then what they've eventually landed on was extending training camp in November, their planned date by an additional two weeks in front to give them like a mini camp. So are we talking every team or that extension would be just for the seven teams? Just for the seven teams, I believe. Hell yeah, this that'll be, give us a nice enough and a big enough advantage to drag us from dead last to still dead last, but maybe only by 10 points this time. Just what I want to prolong the suffering. Give me more training camp so I can watch how bad our team is. Look, I'm not going to complain about how bad the Red Wings are. I would kill to see a Red Wings jersey on the ice right now. I don't know. Yeah, because if we prolong it enough and the season goes like last, there's a good chance you'll see a Red Wings jersey on the ice because several fans will be throwing them. If they, I don't know. I'm not so worried. Like two weeks at the start of the season for me just won't do anything. Like I get it. They want to get their players some more reps in and that I understand. I just still don't think they have the logistics of late 2020 figured out yet. I'm not going to predict to know where everything is going to be at by then, but like a lot has to change. And so I sure hope things have figured out have been sorted out enough where they can run this outside of just the two bubbles. Otherwise the only solution might be like three bubbles. <laughs> like, Oh no, it's inception I, level. Yeah. I have zero hope for hockey actually getting underway in any semblance by the end of this year, because I actually had to start, putting a plan together at work today about what I'm going to do because do you know what usually happens around that time of year? It's cold and flu season. Do you know what symptoms the common cold is similar to? COVID-19. Your stomach. Your stomach. Damn. Not quite. So every time any one of my employees gets the sniffles and a sore throat, they can't come back to work until they get a negative test. And that's probably what close to 50% of the population probably gets a cold at some point throughout the winter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We are screwed. If we think anything is going to come back to normal without a vaccine before new year's. Anyways, that's Brad today's uh, shining ray of optimism, buddy. I'm I honestly, I'm too, I'm too, tired of even like thinking about how they managed to pull this bubble off and like kudos to them for doing it the nhl really has done a stellar job with it i will not subject myself to worrying about what's going to happen in december yet i don't even i think bill daly said in his um comment on like the whole should we do this mini camp thing where he said yeah we've had conversations but i'm not gonna lie to you this isn't exactly a front burner issue for us us right now you can't you can only take it like a week at a time yeah that's fair I've I uh, I booked the days off for the draft today though. Have you guys done it? When is that again? 
Yep. The weekend of October 9th. Yeah, remind me like September. Nope. I'll remind you tomorrow September. to book that off. Otherwise, you'll double. What time's the draft at? I don't know, but we're doing all day content, man. That sounds horrible. Wow. We're, we're literally turning your. So the Red Wings haven't skated for what feels like 85 years. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Howard is now the size of a single detached house. That's all. Yeah. Oh, and there wasn't an end point to that? I could go on for days, but... And yet you sit there silently. We have to fit in time for the YouTube ads. <laughs> and let's cut. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. There's not too much other Red Wings news. Oh, uh, Brome is confirmed to be playing over in Sweden right er, for this season. Wait, so he's not... Means. How does that work? He signed a one-year contract. I think it's like an on loan thing. I don't know. I don't think it's been uh-huh. confirmed, but it's because they'll be starting before the NHL, right? So, sure. It's hard to keep track. None of this is being officially reported. It's all like up in the air. Anyhow, prospect profile. Today's prospect, as chosen by our very sleepy Brad, is none other than uh, German compatriot of Tim Stutzla, Lucas Reichel. Brad oh, Lucas Reichel. The highly skilled, very soft son of a former NHLer. So we get to break trend. A highly skilled forward who can skate but is also tall. He's not five foot two, so we don't have to continue with that theme. So Lucas Reichel, great offensive IQ, supreme skill set, uh, questionable compete level. Plays basically no physical game, very much a work in progress in his own own end. I say all that, and I have him ranked in the mid-teens in the first round of my rankings because, to me, his skill set and his offensive IQ is that high. He, you, you can teach a guy to play a little more physical. You can teach him dis- defensive responsibility, but what he can do in the offensive zone, not many players in this draft can do, and he was doing it. For most of last season in the DEL, again, a men's hockey league against professionals at 17 years old. That can't be understated. And he wasn't on the strongest team in the world either. So he was pulling the wagon. Like, it's not like he was just a passenger on this team. Yeah, Lucas Reichel, when you said he's, he's a project in his own zone, um, essentially all the excitement for him starts when he touches the puck, right? Like, he, this is a guy who knows what to do when he gets it. Um, really great offensive sense, as Brad said, um, can do some pretty crafty things with the puck. You can see that he has a not only a creative uh, mind, but the puck ability and, and the offensive skill to execute. Um, thinks the game really well. I think he skates really well for for his size. Um, it's been mentioned by someone that he's still they still think that they can add a ton of weight and strength to his frame. So, I mean, that's said about a lot of prospects, really. They said that about any 17, 18 year old. For the most yeah, part. essentially. They told me I was going to be six feet tall and I maxed out at 5'10", 5'9", three quarters. You almost got there. I, I don't want to talk about you it. You still I, have time. We believe in you, buddy. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you being friends with me. It makes me feel a lot better about my height. Uh, um, no, I, I like Reichel. I don't know if I'd, I'd put him as high as the mid-teens. Um, I think you would – that'd be a little bit of a swing in my mind and I would bet that there would be other people – available there if you're a team picking in that spot but that said um he's one of my like go-to favorite picks if uh he's there at detroit for 32 depending on who slipped really far from the first round he would certainly be an excellent pick at 32 um i can't imagine him staying at that point if he's there in the late 20s might be interesting to see if they can trade up for him but i his skill set's so good already and i I was just looking it up. He was the fourth highest uh, points per game for someone under the age of 18 in the DEL. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Like, I don't think we have a shot at drafting him, but, you know, stranger things have happened. We ended up with Joe Valeno. Yeah. You, you never know, but definitely not betting on it. And if the Red Wings don't end with Tim Stutzel, I'm sure Moritz Sider would be happy with a, a Lucas Reichel on his team. Yes. Although Tim Stutzler really seems to be Moritz's uh, preferred pick there. 
hey, and I said, like, I don't think it could happen. And he fell to us in a mock draft. So I'm sure Steve Eiserman will do his best. Ottawa in that mock draft walked away with um, Raymond and Rossi. So not a bad haul for them. Not even a little. How do we get that? You trade away the best defenseman of the generation for unprotected first round picks. Yeah, that did do it. And have the team that you traded away him away to just completely, utterly fail to put things together, so to speak. Man. Oh, well. Uh, is it already time for overtime? Is there anything else to talk it's about? It's been 40 overtime? minutes. Oh, my goodness. It's felt a fast like episode. Hours. Brad did beg us before this episode to go fast because he is, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see he, he is dead behind his eyes. When did this happen? You were fine, like... I've been feeling this since Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday were the top of the curve. Um, today still sucks. Like I was running a fever on Tuesday, well over a hundred. Like it was bad. Oh, big Rona did get, guy. Did you get tested? No, because I don't have any of the chest or throat stuff. It's all in my stomach. Yikes. Anyways, you should you should go get a test just because it's. Uh, funny to watch you get something shoved really far up your nose. Think of the Patreon exclusive content. You could Come be on, man. delivering. If you get your test and record it, I'll post my test video as well. No. Well, you heard that first, patrons. I care more about shitty Patreon content than Brad does. Uh, anyhow, let's move over to overtime where this on this midweek episode, we are going to read exclusively from Patreon as our way of saying thank you for supporting the winged wheel podcast uh and brad's decrepit body we're gonna start with garrett tv he says hockey amigos chicago is on the cusp of eliminating themselves from the annual lottery shit show tm lafreniere edition and i've got all the time in the world for that also as a general note freaking hockey is back what's been your favorite moment so far mine may be a bit subdued but yesterday's jeff petrie goal line snipe was absolute pure unadulterated nastiness that's the type of low angle robbery that crosby does and we drool over for three days love me a good top shelf goal line banger oh dear hockey grind it out boys let's eventually go red wings i mean that shot was ridiculous ridiculous i remember watching them live and i i saw them leave him there i'm like yeah yeah. should they leave him that open ah he's got he's oh oh all right then um that was definitely a top tier moment Uh, i'm trying to think andre svechnikov's hat trick was fun yeah um philip forsberg swan diving over the blue line i think that was fun that was terrific um oh god the uh i don't even know what to call it this circus in carolina's crease towards the end of the second period in that last game there where sammy votnin made a shoulder save and then james reimer made across the crease diving blocker save that was fun that rangers carolina Um, series i'm actually upset only lasted three games that was fun I would love to name more Edmonton Chicago moments, but how many people have seen that considering they play it at 1030 Eastern? You have an original six team who has no business being there so that you're lucky that you have such a TV draw playing Connor McDavid and you put them at the latest time slot. I get it. They they want to appeal to the fan base in Edmonton, but here's a trick for you, NHL. Here's a little tip. Edmonton's Edmonton's fans will watch no matter what time the game is on showcase Connor mcdavid to the freaking world play them at 7 p.m play them at 8 p.m what are you f- what are you doing do you want to grow the game or not it's Connor mcdavid and he's having a phenomenal series show him off this is such a classic nhlism oh my god as brad so poetically put earlier and these are the words of a father they shit on themselves and then they manage to shit on themselves again <laughs> that's a man who's changed too many diapers in his life yeah fun story for you guys uh in the early days evan and i were talking to brad when crystal was still pregnant with mika and brad mentioned something offhand where he's like oh yeah and i'm not doing any diapers and evan and i were like you're probably gonna end up doing diapers at some point and brad goes "Mm -mm, i don't do poop and evan and i were like you do now kids kids poop (laughs) i I forget like crystal and i made a trade because there was a couple chores around the house she absolutely hated and i and i'm like i will do them 1000 percent of the time if you never make me change a poopy diaper and that actually held up for a few months 
Um, and then logistically, it just wasn't possible anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that wasn't going to happen anymore. Everybody sees some shit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like the first week I took a bunch because obviously, you know, Crystal had to go through unspeakable pain. So I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll suck it up. And then as soon as she's like, yeah, I'm feeling good now. I'm like, okay, can we can we try this? And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And then, yeah, just it, it wasn't that either of us got tired of the deal. It was just if I'm alone with the kids I, or with Mika, I didn't have a choice. Um, Ovechkin Stan Club says Chicago looking really good. Ovi and the boys play today. I can't wait. Big Brother is back and it's freaking amazing time to be alive. I've decided I'm rooting for one of the three teams to for one of the three teams to win the lottery. Flavortown Jackets, Mini Pop Wild and Arizona. This team shouldn't exist. <laughs> Those are the three I will be glad about. Well, Washington has lost their second game. Sad times, but it's not over. Positive vibes. I like that we have a happy Washington fan in our in our midst. It's nice to have some positivity, right? You forget what it feels like to cheer for a team that's good. Uh, Jonathan Melwish says, "Hey guys, coming from the UK, I'm pretty invested in Liam Kirk, the first British trained player drafted in the NHL by Arizona and playing for the Peterborough Peets." Have you seen any film from him over the past few years? And if you have, do you think uh, he might make the main roster at some point? He's a long shot. Um, as an overager in the OHL, he had a good year. Uh, well, I shouldn't say overager, but like uh, he's all, he's on the older side of the league, we'll say. He had a good year, but generally legit NHL prospects at that stage in their career are are putting up comical numbers in the OHL. And he wasn't there. Um, he was... Can, like considerably outscored by Nick Robertson, his teammate, and Robertson's younger than him. So it's not to say there's no chance for Kirk. He might get a cup of tea eventually, but there's the the skill isn't high end enough to to fill me with a ton of hope that one day he'll be a regular. And I and I'm pulling for him because it'd be a great story. But yeah, I think he he'll be a long shot. Alex Ott says, on a scale from one to post-cup winning Ovechkin, how much will you guys be drinking when Lafreniere goes to the Penguins? I think I'll be shooting for Brett Hall during the Blues Cup parade myself. On a related note, if the Canadians beat the Penguins and we swept the Canadians, does that mean we now own the Penguins and therefore also own the first overall pick in this year's draft? Eisenman is really playing chess while everyone else plays checkers. Yeah, I mean, it's only fair. And if the NHL wants to talk about spicing things up... That would be a that would be an Uno reverse card like no other. I mean, your move, Gary Batman. If the Penguins win the draft lottery, I'm probably gonna be like John Daly on the 18th hole. <laughs> I'm gonna be like uh, Brad at his bachelor party, kicking a football around in the parking lot across the street from his house. I don't remember anything from that night. You were a mess the next day. Oh, you have no idea. My di- you you guys, um, the diaper party was worse. Oh, that was bad. Evan and I did not come to the diaper party, I don't believe. No. We went to the gender reveal, though. Yeah. Yeah, the the diaper party was, I remember my buddy showing up with the first box of diapers, scene missing, waking up the next morning. Hmm. Uh, Joe D'Elia says, hey, guys, who do you think is the most universally loved slash least hated player in the league? Shifley, Kessel? I'd say McDavid, but I'm sure some of the Pacific teams are tired of him posterizing half their D-men. Also inject every meme or video of D'Angelo and Lemieux getting shit kicked into my veins. Thanks, guys. Sorry, most, most liked. Universe, most loved? Most loved. Uh, the two that immediately come to mind are Henrik Lundqvist yeah. and Patrice Bergeron. Because if you can play in Boston and you're still universally loved, that's saying something. People love pasta as well. They yeah, really like that's a good one. Knock. That's a really good one too. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Carey Price? Does, does anyone like dislike Carey Price? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's brutally beat people with his blocker before in the back. Yeah, talk to Rangers fans about Carey Price. They uh, they're they're not fans. Hmm, who's the most? Hey, Lidstrom would have been an easy answer when he was in the league uh michael barry says hi guys hope all is well who would be the toughest cap casualty casualty to watch if their contract plays for the red wings with the way the playoffs are going i could see jack johnson being traded to the wings and have a gentleman's agreement to not be bought out for three years also another vote is king uh lunkvist for different reasons 
Oh, watching Lungfist's career die on the Red Wings. I was thinking about that earlier today. That would make me. So, I wouldn't even want it. No. I wouldn't even want it. It would make me so sad. Nope. Yep. He's got to go. Not the way his career should end. No. I don't want to see him anywhere but New York. But if he goes, it's got to be to a legit cup contender. It has to. I. No. They he's, owe that to him. He's not going say. out a Red Wing. That poor bastard. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Jack Johnson's a good answer because he would just fit in with a crappy defense we've seen over the years. Any slow defenseman, really. Just look at anybody with like uh, an ungodly amount of term left, like Jack Johnson. Kyle Turris comes to mind. I think he's got more upside than Johnson, but he's still got, what, four years left? Yeah. Those- hey, Louis Erickson is, is playing some good hockey in Vancouver. Yeah. It might be harder to draw him away now. They might not give up as much. Oh, they will, believe me, because they they still need to find money for Toffoli and Markstrom. So someone's got to go. Maybe to mention and Erickson. Yeah, I was going to say. There's a uh, quick 12 million cap space for you, Vancouver. Third Man In, who I believe is a new patron. Yes, thank you, Third Man In, and welcome to the Dub Dub family. They say, hey, friends, new patron support, new Patreon supporter here. No question. Just wanted to say thanks for the podcast. Uh, between work and four kids, most of my hockey these days is coaching my kids' might team, listening to your pod and a couple others. I found you guys this spring, and it's meant a lot, so I wanted to chip in. Sorry, I can't be more. Hey, don't be sorry. Your support means the world. Uh, people like you are the reason we can keep recording through this offseason, so thank you so much, uh, and welcome glad you're enjoying the show chris smith says carrie price might have just made the case for Askarov at four i would still hate it but having an elite goalie changes a team without price an elite goal scorer yes barry kotkinemi this team has no place in these playoffs and yet they're one game away from making the playoffs if we do end up drafting Askarov, you can always talk yourself down by saying well he's big and he should be a force in front of the net that same line helped me cope with the top 10 pick from a few years ago Ugh. So can we can we talk about Kakanyami for for a moment here? Yeah, sure. He has the ultimate neck beard. Like the hair goes right to his jawline and stops. There is no that he has a beard where there is barely any hair on his actual face. It is remarkable. And I'm not one to sit here and chirp bad beards because I'm the king of them right now, but oh my god, it is it is a sight to see. He's uh, he's played some good hockey. He has the Andrew Luck beard, but somehow worse. I'm glad you brought that up. Other notable Montreal player, Carey Price. Let's say Carey Price goes, you know, white hot, and Montreal is all of a sudden in the conference finals. Despite the other 95% of the season in which, you know, he wasn't that fantastic, and his cap hit hurt Montreal – Let's say they luck out and they just have all the thing, right things fall their way and they end up winning the cup. Is that contract worth it? I would sign 10 Justin Abdelkaders for what he's making right now if it meant one cup. Right? Like, I don't, I still think my philosophy on goaltenders is, is a pretty common one at this point, which is they're so hard to predict. Even if you can get a fantastic one, which it looks like Askarov who is the highest rated goalie prospect in the first round in a long time is likely to be a really good goaltender. You like, it's just so hard to time them. Their development is so wacky. They're hot and cold all at the right and wrong times. It's hard to hedge your bets on a goalie. Cause then you're going to have to pay them and you have to pay them big money. Cause it's hard to get a super, a consistent superstar goalie. And then you don't have a team around them. I don't know. It's not even worth it. Like you can find goalies that for some reason get hot later in their career so investing and drafting one that high just the the roi on it just doesn't make sense i what's the highest pick that you would be comfortable with detroit taking Askarov? and let's say all the picks that pick all this year yeah let's say all the picks ahead of you ahead of him were like your consensus picks in your mind like, if he goes point, in the second round, that makes me think like there's something wrong going on. And yeah, he's not getting that far. I'm just looking at my rankings here. Are we talking about where I would or where I'd be comfortable? Uh, where you'd be comfortable, like pushing your limits a little bit, but you wouldn't. At the end of the day, you go, okay, yeah. 10. 10. Okay. 10. 
I think there's a chance he falls to ten. I think it's more likely like I would seven bet he to falls nine. to ten. I, I bet he falls to ten. I don't. The teams that are likely picking seven to nine, I don't think are going to be super goalie needy teams. I, I Minnesota drafting uh, likely just outside of the top ten, but it depends on how the play-ins go here. So that's true. Um, that because yeah, I don't think he gets past Minnesota in all likelihood, but who knows. Benji says, "Hey gangs, sorry. Hey gangs, sorry to say uh, that this season will be my last season as a Wings fan through and through. I'm a Kraken fan now, and I can't wait. Uh, I can see the arena from my balcony, and I feel like I'm obligated to buy season tickets for Seattle's inaugural season. I'm taking donations to help me finance this endeavor. It will be repaid in beer and a ticket to a game at the greenhouse if y'all ever come out west. I just hope somehow Seattle manages to get to Tar. That would make my first Seattle jersey too easy. Anywho, boys, hope y'all are ready to see friend You're going." either chicago pittsburgh or toronto peace yeah. oh the moment the world is back open we're going we're making two trips over the next few years vegas and seattle the crack den mike lennox says what would you need as return for taking on both sutter and louis erickson and would you rather have a pick in the 20s or niels hoaglander Ooh, um Depends on the draft. This draft, I'd probably rather have the pick in the 20s. And if we're talking about taking on Sutter and Erickson, oh, we're getting Demko and Hoaglander at a minimum. Yeah, you, you got to be talking about premium assets at that point. That's a lot of money and a lot of term. Multiple premium assets. Like that is that is cap hell for a f- couple of years, even for a team like that eliminates all of Detroit's cap flexibility. It's gone. You you want, yeah, like you want to save your team's ass because of the bad contracts that you've signed completely, so you can sign your Bessers and your Hughes and your Pedersons and them. The team trading you knows that, and they better be leveraging an arm and a leg. You that is where you have to mortgage your futures if you want both those guys gone. Demko without a doubt, Hoaglander without a doubt, <laughs> minimum. Like yeah, I'd be asking a lot there. Yes, sir. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, Hey there, fellas. I mean, if they're getting rid of those guys, presumably they then keep Besser. Although I don't, I don't know. They have a lot. It is Jim Benning, Ryan. Yeah. Don't you dare bring logic and reason into this. It's the same GM that got him into that situation. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, Hey there, fellas. I got to tell you, I've been doing nothing but drinking beer and watching hockey these last few days. And this is the happiest I've been in a while. There's still some things to get used to, like elite power forward Kevin Hayes. Kevin Fiala is the Minnesota Wilds version of the trade was one for one. Okay, but that took a while to pan out, right? Oh, yeah. He was a healthy scratch at points this season. Under Boudreaux, he was a a healthy scratch. And that was for Granlund, who's no slouch. And then what happened? How has Granlund been doing? The fact you have to ask that answers that question. Yep, you're totally right. So long term... Yeah, that's turned out well for them, but it definitely wasn't perceived that way at the beginning. Uh, with all this team name talk, I looked up the other proposed names for the Wild. Freeze, Northern Lights, Blue Ox, White Bears, Voyageurs. Seriously, each of you rename the Wild, even 69 guy, if he's there. There's got to be a better name. Blue Ox was on the table, and Minnesota they didn't Ox. go with that? The Northern Lights? That is awful. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that way to hang on to the North Stars for just a little too long there. They should have just made it the North Stars. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. We get to rename the Minnesota uh, Wild. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rename the Minnesota Wild. The Muskies. The Muskies? Yeah. Minnesota Muskies. Muskies. Oh, sure. The Huskies, too. (laughs) What's a Muskie? It's a fish. Oh. The Minnesota Steelheads. Did they have Steelheads? I don't know much about that's, fish. That's awful. Uh, I'd go with the Minnesota Fargos. The Minnesota Twin Cities. The Minnesota Minnesota Silver Linings Playbook. Nice. Good movie. The Minnesota Nordiques. The Come On Over Hey Minnesotas. I don't know. Minnesota, I think, honestly, Minnesota North Stars would have been the best one. The Minnesota Pops. You need to give me a new one, Ryan. You can't just say an old team name. The Minnesota, what's the Mathematicians. Name of the, yeah. There we oh, go, yeah. The, baby. The, the Minnesota Mathematicians. Just a bunch of, ner- just a bunch of freaking nerds out there. 
bunch of geeks. They just get bullied. They get their lunch money taken before every game. Calculators. Uh, they they have a, a breast pocket spot on their jerseys for their calculators and pencils. <laughs> Mechanical pencils, of course. Joseph Fournier goes on to say, I think it's more likely Dubas moves out a tertiary player like Casp, uh, Kapanen or Nylander instead of his core this offseason to help with the cap. Is there a trade to Detroit that makes sense? Stay fresh, cheese bags. No, because we have nothing they want. Is there a cap dump that Toronto's desperately going to need to like? What's their cap situation like? It's bad, but they don't have a bad contract. They have good players on expensive contracts, so it's a unique problem to have. So they will not be likely dumping anybody, but there is trades for Toronto to explore where they're unloading good players, but they will also be expecting good players in return. And um, good players are what the Red Wings generally don't have, especially at the position Toronto needs them, which is defense. Yeah, like Detroit or Toronto's in a window right now where, believe it or not, like they have Matthews at 11.6 and Marner at 10.8, and that might be significantly cheaper than their next contract. So the next five years or six years are crucial, especially because Tavares right now is still 29. So they still have prime years or prime ish years left in him. They're windows now. So they're not going to be moving out a captain in for. A prospect of Detroit. So it's just not going to work that way. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's there with Toronto. Not with Detroit, at least. Detroit's got to look more towards traditionally cap-strapped teams. No, we're going to have to look for trades like William Nylander for Brett Pesci. They get a a good player to position of need who is almost three million dollars cheaper on the cap. That is what they're going to be looking to do. I was talking to Max about this. Would you, if you were either Columbus or Toronto, do Seth Jones for Mitch Marner? I would do that if I was Columbus. Yes. You would do that if you're Toronto though, right? How yeah, probably Seth I, I, Jones. I think Mitch Marner's a better overall player. Uh, I agree. And, and he'll have more impact on the game. But yeah, with the cap implications, I'd probably do that actually both ways. Yeah, I think if you're talking about Toronto, let's picture Toronto and let's say Mitch Marner was never in the picture. They still have the offensive talent to be a cup contender in my mind. Yeah, you add you add Seth Jones, who's about a year, maybe a year and a half older. He's cap controlled for two more seasons at half the price, literally half the price of Mitch Marner. You'd be hard pressed. Seth Jones is twenty five years old. Yeah, but the risk there is you're giving up what seven years of Mitch Marner for maybe only two of Seth Jones. You're giving up a hundred points as well. Uh, that's that's another decision like is it 100% equitable no but hockey is not always to build the best team on paper to score you know the most style points in, in building a complete roster like if it's not working it's not working sometimes you have to make drastic the moves. most views on tiktok legitimately so seth jones you add seth jones to toronto right now that's a team that has significantly fewer problems on the back end you got a Pittsburgh type run. Eh. The other problem with getting rid of someone like Mitch Marner is it's makes it slightly easier for other teams to game plan against Toronto. When you've got Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, and Marner, it makes it so much more complicated. So just removing one of those faucets make it makes it uh, substantially easier. It's still not easy, but it, it certainly makes. What did I say? <laughs> you said faucets. Facets? Facets. Oh, fuck. I'm going to be a tree bucket now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, and you're, you're totally right. And my first thought is, well, if they can go back in time, they wouldn't have traded Kadri then. Right? You keep Kadri. And if you have to move Marner, I don't know. I don't know if I would have, ever have the balls as a GM to trade Mitch Marner. It's just, I think the real problem is it didn't really work out with Tyson Berry. And that's where we've now come back to this conversation. Anyhow, well, I think that's the Winged Wheel podcast for today. We'll let Brad escape and sleep. Uh, Brad, I implore you to either get better, otherwise get tested. If you need anything, pal, let me know and I'll throw it at your house from my car. Um, But until then, we'd like to thank you all for tuning into this episode of the podcast. We will be back on Sunday. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, all of you who have given us reviews on iTunes. Holy shit, I cannot thank you enough. It means so much. 
Um, our name level Patreon sponsors. These are the people who are the engine behind the winged wheel podcast, the septic tank of that bitch, Carol Baskins. I love opening with that. Uh, Arjun Shanker, Greech, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, Ovechkin Stan Club, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Kalen Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Charlie Elkins, Hana Lee, Trevor Pevavar, Chris Ripley, Alex Ott, Ashley Van Conant, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Matthew Keeler, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Quaz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. We love you. Say your goodbyes to Brad. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.